Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by Tell Me Studios for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm Fraser McGrew and I'm here with Nick Hare and Chris Ragg of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing Switzerland and whether being boring is a price worth paying for prosperity. Nick. You've got some views on this. I think you recently visited Switzerland. I did. Yeah, I went to Ticino, which is the uh, Italian bit of Switzerland. It's sort of due to a historical accident. This this part of what is very clearly Italy has ended up in Switzerland. And um, I was interested by this because being there, you, actually, when you go from the German part of Switzerland to the to the Italian bit, you, you go through some mountains. And uh, whether you come by car or whether you come on the train... It feels like you've very, very quickly gone from what looks like a very German place to to what's suddenly a very Italian place. Um, And I I was kind of interested by this. And I thought, well, how do you you know what makes Swiss people Swiss? And I uh, asked a cab driver, you know, what what um, what, why do you uh, how do you know you're Swiss and not Italian? And he said, um, well, it's uh, it's simple, really. The um, this this part of uh, part of uh, Italian speaking Switzerland is in Switzerland. That's that's how we know we're Swiss. And <laughs> if you go to the German speaking part, you'll find that even though they speak German, that they're in Switzerland, you see. And in then we have the French speaking part, which is near France. And but that's in Switzerland. And, and that's how, you know, that's how we know we're Swiss. I thought well, this, this guy's not giving me many insights. So I, I sort of said, well, yeah, but what, um, you, you know, OK, well, tell me. Give me, give me a hint of, you know, what what unifies Swiss people? Who do Swiss people look down on? I think that's always a good, uh, it gives you a sense of the history of, of a country, isn't it? Who, who are the people you make jokes about? And he said, well, that's a, an interesting question. In the Italian-speaking part of Switzerland, they make jokes about the Italians. In the German-speaking part of Switzerland, I thought this guy's really boring. This, is, this isn't going anywhere. Um, but I, I was kind of interested. What? Okay, what, what's being Swiss about? And I, I did a bit of you know research online. What do Swiss people say they're proud of? And they they really do seem to be uh, proud of the fact that they don't, as a country, do very much. You know, they they, they I mean, they don't get me wrong. They have a very active. Um, uh, you, you know, armed forces, which they do deploy in peacekeeping missions. But, you know, but very proud of neutrality, proud of being prosperous. Um, but, you, you know, by all accounts, I think, you know, Switzerland appears regularly in lists of the most boring countries in the world. And there's no doubt Switzerland is really amazingly efficient. You know, it's a very, got a very high GDP per capita. It's very beautiful to look at. Um, you know, the, they're, they're very well behaved. It's, it, you know, in many ways, a perfect country. Um, but uh, at the same time, one would have to say not very interesting not very exciting and the question is do you know do you is there a connection between being uh boring and and being being rich and uh, you know which is better is is being interesting actually something we should worry about mm. it, it seems from what you've described there we've got a state that has managed to erase nationality and you know nationalism has all sorts of um it's got a bad press and it's got all sorts of negative connotations but maybe one thing that was overlooked that um, is that um, yeah, if you can yeah, if you can raise a nationalism, you can have a wonderful, perfectly functioning I think, state. I don't think the Swiss aren't nationalistic; they're very proud of being Swiss. Okay, I mean, all right, I mean, apps, yes, but they've but, but erased. What being Swiss is is something that I would consider rather dull. But it's almost it's, they've uh, erased; they've made their their nationality being not a nationality. I, I'm not sure this is a correct analysis, but but I, I, I suppose what I'm 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 merely echoing I think the thought. Of uh, what, you know, as as um, Orson Welles in the in the character of 
Harry Lyme said in the in the film The Third Man, you know, that the, the Italians had 30 years of warfare and bloodshed and terror and it produced the Renaissance and the Swiss had 500 years of brotherly love and it produced the cuckoo clock. Um, in fact, that's incorrect. The cuckoo clock originates from Germany, yeah. so they haven't even got that. But uh, um, but yeah, I mean, so that, that's... Chocolate and cheese, though. Chocolate and cheese, yeah, yeah. fair enough. D- dairy, dairy-based foods, they're very good at. Yeah. yeah. Chris... Yeah, well, I I think this boils down to a question of um, whether or not it is better to have um, a generally high mean within your population, but low low variance, right? So so you've got you've got people who are generally good, and they all cluster around that being generally good at good at things, versus whether it's worth having a, a lower mean. So, you know, the average level of competence in your society is perhaps not so high, uh, but the variance is much greater. So you get, you know, occasional sort of outlying bits of genius within your your population, but you also get, you know, um, uh, low, very low competence and then just generally a big fat middle of sort of kind of substandard um, uh, um, uh, sort of levels of of performance, Um, you know, the kind of British model, dare I, dare, dare I say it, um, and I, I think personally, I think the Swiss model is probably superior. I think most people would rather be rich, stable, um, and um, boring. Uh, and and well, it, 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 but it's. It, I, I think I think boring is a bit of a construct. Myself, uh, I think it's a story we 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 tell ourselves ab- about them. Um, but I but I think it's it's much more difficult to set up a high-performing, low-variance, boring society in a large and and various country. If you look at the countries that are a bit like Switzerland, you think of the Scandinavian countries, small and affluent, you know, places like um, Singapore, um, uh, again, a sort of small uh, affluent country, but, but one which you can control a small population and get them up to a level of education and um, uh, uh, cultural... Um, homogeneity that that you want to that you want to do much more difficult to achieve it in in Britain or the US or India or or China. Yes, uh, but <clears throat> so I, I tried to look for some research on this. Now, boringness is not easy to define, right? So all you have is a bunch of subjective lists. Um, but it seems to me that boring countries sort of fell actually into two main categories. You either had you had countries which were, which were sort of prosperous, Western European style, you know, Switzerland, uh, Nordic countries, and sort of rich or small like Luxembourg, and you know, um, they're sort of sort of boring because not much happens. But then you also have uh, a lot of countries crop up on this list when they're very statist. And they have a lot of cultural, sort of top-down enforced cultural conformity. So, of course, one thinks of North Korea, but, you know, possibly countries like uh, Saudi Arabia or the UAE or Kuwait, um, you know, uh, which are, uh, it's a different kind of boring. Uh, but, uh, but I think they, so, so you, you know, the, those, those lists seem to, seem to fall into, into two main categories, I think. You have the kind of culturally, um, you know, there's no, there's no, there's no sort of big uh, centrist state, state uh, you know, enforcing swiss the swiss mentality in switzerland that they, they're doing that to themselves whereas you you do have a bit more of that sort of top-down power structure in some of the you know uh, i mean if you think of the former soviet countries or something i mean their belarus often crops up in lists of boring countries um you know very much in some ways the opposite of switzerland um but, but i but i was looking for any research into you know what what sorts of cultural dimensions can we point to that appear to correlate with um with uh prosperity 
And there, there is actually, there's, there's a, a chap called um, Hirt Hofstetter who has tried to define and, and, and through survey data has tried to measure different sort of aspects of, of culture. And one that comes out very strongly as a determinant of um, economic growth is individualism uh, versus collectivism. So um, individualism is a kind of a preference for sort of a loosely knit social framework um, and, uh, you know, where people are generally expected to, to look to sort of take care of themselves and their families, whereas uh, collectivist societies tend to um, ex- expect other people to help them out, essentially. That's that's sort of the, the, the distinction there. That has been found to very strongly correlate with economic growth. Do you have a sense of which way around it goes? What do you think? Is what, individualism is... or collectivism better for economic growth? Uh, one would have thought collectivism. Incorrect. Mm. Yeah, one might have done, but it, this is this is in fact so that the theory is that individualism leads to a higher long run growth because it encourages innovation because mm. you know you as an innovator can capture uh, the value of what you're doing. Um, there's a theory that is mapped sort of onto the uh, distinction between kind of hunting type activity and and farming type activity where you know farming type activity gives you a, there's a much clearer relationship between the effort you put in and the reward you get whereas with hunting it's a lot more random and there's expected to be more sharing because you know so so there's anyway the the, the point is that individualism very strongly correlates and countries that come high in individualism include uh the the anglophone um world so us uk australia canada and and low um low individuals so high collectivism are are sort of former Soviet countries, but also Venezuela, uh, Panama, Ecuador, Pakistan, they're, they're sort of at the bottom. Um, and uh, yeah, so that, that's, that was it. that's interesting to me. So basically individualism is, is now, is there a correla- correlation between individualism and, you know, and boringness or, or and, interestingness? Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm sure there, I mean, um, intuitively the answer needs to be yes. Um, so if we think, I mean, just in terms of what you were just saying about economic prosperity, the most prosperous country in the world is the US, got the highest GDP, but enormous amounts of inequality and mm. in income distribution compared to somewhere like Switzerland. Yeah, and it's interesting that the that um, people in the US who are poor, in general, on average, are happy with that. They're, they're happy to live in a society with inequality if they feel that they could, uh, through their own effort, improve their lot, you know. Yeah. Yeah, um, I just yeah. go on, Chris. Yeah. Well, I was I was just going to say I think that in the case of Switzerland, I think culture is standing in for um, statism, and and I think they have a very um, uh, they have a very strong uh, uh, culture of um, perhaps not not taking not taking risks and not uh, breaking um, from sort of. Com- conformity um and you know a couple of anecdotes that i'm aware of bear this out so somebody i know works very large um uh, swiss multinational company uh and their small unit had recently been taken over by this company so they used to be owned by a smaller u.s company they then got taken over by this multinational swiss company and uh they um are head of this particular unit and they made this company um a fairly large amount of money by some of the activity they um, they underwent but were chastised for um, kind of risk-taking behavior and and being uh, too too entrepreneurial um, yeah so to, to quote my uh, my second favorite US president the, pr- the problem with the, uh, the the francophone Swiss is they have no no word for entrepreneur um, but, um, <laughs> but, but but yes he so 
<clears throat> but essentially, they um, they don't uh, they don't like risk taking behavior, and I think that is probably a a lot of what boringness or excite, excitingness is is about yeah there is actually another dimension that Hofstetter looks at which is called uncertainty avoidance which does it, it does correlate with uh, individualism but not but not totally and uh, uncertainty avoidance is about um, essentially yeah being being comfortable with with uncertainty and ambiguity and and countries which has have low uh, have high uncertainty avoidance tend to have um you know they tend to expect institutions to enforce rules uh whereas whereas countries with um who who are happier with uncertainty uh yeah. tends to not see that as necessary and and countries which have low uncertainty avoidance uh interestingly include the the US the UK India and China high uncertainty avoidance um countries include Belgium and and South Korea and and Russia so i i wonder if that's uh, there's an there might be an element there yeah. but um but that that is that correlates less that it, that isn't a, a as strong a determinant of economic growth as the individualism axis. I've got some really strong views on Switzerland and the Swiss. Go on then. Um, I mean, it, it, if you were to ask a Swiss person this question, is it better to be boring and prosperous or interesting, exciting and not prosperous? One presumes that uh, a Swiss person would say, well, of course, boring mm. and prosperous. Uh, but for uh, someone from the Anglophone world, no, we need to be exciting and, you know, so I just to say I recognise that I'm coming to, at this with some baggage. Yeah, and I, I also but, think, as I said, I think we, we tell ourselves a story to, um, to sort of salve our envy at societies like Switzerland and, and you know, on a, on a sort of slightly larger scale, a country like Germany. Uh, we, we tell ourselves that, you know, yes, they're doing better than we are, but... Um, but you know we're we're we're, mu- we're much more. It's much more interesting to 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 be here. And if you know, I think if you look at kind of you know our national our national myths, you know there the Dunkirk spirit and um, you know the charge of the light brigade and the, the Battle of Hastings. They're they're all about uh, sort of glorious failure, really. Um, and Tim um, Henman. Tim Henman, exactly. We 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 celebrate this sort of um, uh, you know valor in valor in defeat, and uh, you know how interesting that that is. And you yeah. look at Shakespeare's tragedies. You know, they're uh, great literature, but evidently, it, you know, it all goes wrong for people. Yeah, and um, I think the like it, the fact that we always lose to Germany on penalties in the in the semi-finals of the World Cup. Now, I, I don't know how true that is, but that's what that's a sort of it feels like it's happened several times. Mm. Um, I think we'd be disappointed if we were winning on penalties against the German I think we'd, we wouldn't know what to, what to yeah, do with just ourselves just would be nice though yeah, yeah well that's true but but I think if we were I, I honestly I'd feel a bit ashamed of having a football team which won all the time it's a bit like Andy Murray being really good at tennis it's kind of he doesn't feel right somehow doesn't feel British quite <laughs> but well look taking all these arguments we need to sort of uh, close fairly soon but taking all these sort of um, very nicely eruditely put points um, into consideration I still um whenever i i've just had i think probably the worst holiday i've ever had was in switzerland there are so many reasons why one was for example you can't go in a car anywhere without a, they were always playing james blunt on the radio is that, it james that blunt? is a sad indictment of a society i think it is like okay, you yeah. cannot get away from james blunt there they love him um and in that, fact you know what that that really that, that, I, I mean this is an anecdote i'm aware but that feels very right. James Bunt seems like the sort of thing a really successful, boring country would 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 be into. He's sort yeah. of he's sort of it's kind of middle of the road, inoffensive, but yeah. well produced, high that, quality. You that know. argument has just changed my position on Switzerland. I now hate them. <laughs> well, look, I, I think um, 
Sorry to widen it when we're supposed to be uh, wrapping up, but I think one thing we haven't touched on is the sort of what, whether or not we actually do enjoy prosperity, or whether whether we enjoy striving for for something, whether we enjoy a fight on the way to prosperity, mm. and I and I think actually. You know, there's this there's this psychological phenomenon, the the hedonic treadmill, uh, which was first identified by St. Augustine, actually. And he said, uh, you know, true saying it is desire hath no rest is infinite in itself, endless. And as one calls it a perpetual rack or horse mill, you know, that actually strikes what we we do not actually feel any anything like as happy when we acquire new wealth as we think we're going to be. Um, and, you know, there have been studies looking at, for example, one study looked at lottery winners and, and their levels of happiness before and after, and also um, people who'd been paralysed and, and their levels of happiness before and after. And we expect these things to have a much more significant impact on our well-being than they do. Um, in fact, you know, winning the lottery has an almost negligible impact on people's reported level of happiness. And... Um, and and I I wonder if actually you know the, there is we we like having problems to solve we like it being the case that we are trying to get to a better world that that actually getting there is is no fun you know and I and I and She's I and saying I think Nirvana's boring um, I I think I think that's true and I think because and I think there's a perfectly sensible evolutionary rationale for that I mean if you imagine one one you know group of humans who were happy with their lot and another group who said well I want to expand and get to the next field that's where it, you know that's that's where the real happiness is being continually dissatisfied and striving is is going to win because mm. you know people who are content and just sit there are going to get wiped out by them and so so I I just I think more fundamentally actually um you know feeling feeling like you have something you need to achieve is probably uh, important for humans actually feeling like you've done it all and you've you're perfectly happy uh, it, it doesn't actually make us happy and, and this this may be why uh, the swiss position of official neutrality feels a bit a bit weird that they to to us they don't they don't want to get involved in in strife whereas it seems like human nature to to seek out seek out conflict in some way yeah and i think if you it's interesting i was interested by this swiss position on nationality on um, neutrality because i expected there might at least be some soul searching in in switzerland about you know standing by while you know and profiting while the you know nazis ravaged europe um and um uh, you know if you look at ireland for example who of course remained neutral during the second world war there you know there's some dis debate about that in, in ireland you know not everyone's content that that was the right thing to do the swiss have got no problem with it whatsoever they think being neutral is something they're hugely proud of um and it, it reminds me of those from, it reminds from, me of the, the you know the neutral planet in futurama uh, where Zach Brannigan says, you know, what makes a man turn neutral? Uh, is it is it greed, lust for power? Um, you know, it's it's uh, it, it is you know. But I think what, it's their history of of having been you know a, a small middle Europeisher power that's just been waltzed over by France and the Habsburgs for for yeah, they they probably got a bit bored of um, of being involved in conflicts. We, we need to stop yeah, there. I suppose the Belgians would like to have the same neutrality that the Swiss have, but they don't have the advantage of the Alps no, going yeah. all the way around. Yeah. Um, look, let's stop there. Um, what's the official name of Switzerland in Switzerland? Schweiz? No. Is it the, the Helvetic Federation or something? In Latin. Yeah, so that's why it's CH on their right. 
because it's in, in I don't I'm not excuse my poor Latin but it's not like Confederatio Helvetica or something mm. like that um, and for me that says yeah. almost you need everything you need to know about yeah. Switzerland you can't even call your own country in your own language <laughs> sorry right. to, of to which there are many yeah yeah okay uh, it's like the Germans they don't even call it Germany they call it Deutschland I mean you know that means the land of the Dutch they're totally confused okay all right, let's wrap up. There's many, there's many more things I wanted to say, uh, to, to many more gripes I had about Switzerland, not least the, the, the worst and most boring New Year's Eve I've ever had in my life. I think, I, but, but I think we should say that, actually, none of this is to any complaint against any Swiss individuals. I'm sure they're all, they're all lovely. Even my taxi driver, who, because no fault of his own, happened to be incredibly dull, but, I mean, he was a very nice man. <laughs> OK, let's wrap up there, and apologies to any of our Swiss friends out there. I'm Fraser McGrew. I've been here with Nick Hare and Chris Rag of Elf Insights. We've been listening to the Cognitive Engineering podcast. Thank you for listening, and until next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.